Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. In-depth coverage and timely analysis of macro and micro happenings in crypto and Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Insider. Gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Insider. Today is April 21st, 2020, and we are talking digital yawn Bitcoin analysis. This is our kind of uh, sister podcast to the digital dollar Bitcoin analysis. Um, this is very important. <laughs> uh, and I think I said this in the, in the last podcast as well, too, was... This is kind of like, you know, eating your vegetables, <laughs> stuff you should probably know if you're investing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. It's not stuff that I would say, like, um, you know, you should go out and do something because you heard this. It's more like you should probably be aware of what's going on with the rest of the world when it, when it comes to digital currencies. And today we are talking digital yawn and Bitcoin analysis. And for the most part, this this kind of podcast, this this amount of research took quite some time. I think I had tweeted out uh, on Friday or Thursday, like, oh, we'll have it out by the weekend. And um, as we as I started working through it, I quickly realized, like, no, this is going to this is not going to be one sitting of six hours. <laughs> this is going to take a couple of days, car. And so what I did was start a little bit on Saturday, uh, continued on Sunday for a little bit. And then it was yesterday. I, I kind of had a good idea of how I was going to put it all together for y'all today. And today it was just a matter of just, uh, you know, releasing it, recording it and, um, you know, making sure the actual information that I'm providing y'all through the newsletter is is coherent enough to to understand. And so today we're going to break it down in a couple different segments. It's going to be the why. Right. Because it's very important to understand why, uh, you know, the digital yawn is, is, is coming to be. Right. And then we're going to talk about the what, you know, and what what this digital yawn really is. Uh, we're going to talk about the how, how it got this far. Right. And then we're, we're finally going to touch on to my favorite part of any any topic <laughs> is the future of stuff. Right. Like, what does this look like uh, as far as inflection point for Bitcoin? Right. Like this. These are the questions that we need to ask ourselves. Like, how does this occur when this does occur? How does that affect Bitcoin? And so we're going to kind of go through all those different steps. But top of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, digital yawn. So let's let's catch everybody up to speed first. The People's Bank of China is poised to become the first major central bank to issue a digital version of its currency. That's right. It's not a cryptocurrency. It's more like just a digital version of its yawn, right? And it's seeking to keep up with and control of a rapidly digitizing economy. As you know, the entire world is going global, right? It's so much easier now to talk to people halfway around the world through Telegram or Twitter uh, than it is to send them a, a regular uh, mail, right? And it's it's just much more faster. The economies are are kind of merging together, and we're starting to see a need for digital currency. Well, the People's Bank of China's official website, the, if you look for the word Bitcoin, is not even mentioned once. <laughs> and, and, and although China is one of the top players in the crypto industry, 
yeah, let's not forget, like the mining power of most cryptocurrencies are in China, right? Like Grin and one of my favorite cryptocurrency projects is is in China, right? Bitcoin, we all know, Bitcoin Cash, right? Um, so the principles and technologies on the basis of which is, is planned is to create a state of digital currency. And unlike cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, though, Dealing in the digital yawn won't have any presumption of total anonymity, right? There, there, there will be a value to it because it's stable to the physical yawn, but there won't be any kind of like, uh, you know, scarcity. It's not decentralized. It's very centralized. It's not even a cryptocurrency, right? So let's get into the what. is a DCP? Well, DCEP is a digital currency electronic payment and is a national digital currency of the China-built blockchain and cryptographic technology. The currency is pegged one-to-one to the Chinese national currency, the renminbi. The overall objective of the currency is to increase the circulation of the renminbi and international reach with eventual hopes that the renminbi will be the global currency like the United States dollar. Now, the People's Bank of China has spoken about its commitment towards creating a digital version of the yuan. Mui recently said that China's new national digital currency would operate on a two-tier system, with the People's Bank of China on top and commercial banks allowed on the second tier of this centralized system. He also made it clear that China is not launching a war on cash, despite what a lot of people think, right? (laughs) Currency wars. But he says that they are introducing its own digital currency, and rather, Beijing intends for the new currency to complement the paper yawn. Now, this is the what, right? This is the, the what it is. This is the what this is the what of what they're telling us, right? Now let's get into the how. Because how did we get here? How is it that China has managed to not only excel at creating its first digital currency, but also where did this come from? Like, when did they start doing this? So let's get into the how. This actually started in 2013, right? China started back then by invoking a prohibition of financial institutions from handling Bitcoin transactions. This is way back in 2013. Well, you fast forward to 2014, China creates a special group for cryptocurrency research, right? That's when they start 
saying, hang on a second, there might be something to this Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> well, in 2015, China begins actively studying cryptocurrency-related regulatory experience from other countries. Because by that point, Bitcoin had already moved to $1,000, right? So people were, were interested in what was going on with, with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain and DLT and all that kind of jazz, right? But China says, you know what, let's, let's look at this from a regulatory standpoint and let's try to understand, like, how is this going to relate to the macroeconomics of the world? Well, in 2016, China first made its official announcement. And, and at this point, they decided that they were going to create a national cryptocurrency in 2016. That was very bullish that year. It made headlines around the world. And most people thought it was uh, going to be something that was going to be much later. Well, in 2017, China creates a research institute set up to further facilitate the development of its own national cryptocurrency. They also happened to ban local cryptocurrency exchanges in 2017. This is the height of the bull run, right? This is when you had the SEC start getting involved in ICOs and it just it turned it turned everybody away. Right. And so this is what happened when uh, the bubble popped right to 20K. Well, in 2019, People's Bank of China moves forward with the creation of its national cryptocurrency on the heels of Libra. Currency wars, trading disagreements with U.S. sanctions. So there was so much stuff going on last year, late last year. We had Libra. We had some currency wars. We had some trading disputes. It was just a lot of mess that was going on. So People's Bank of China decided, said, hey, we need to get on the ball with this, right? Like, the, the fact that digital currency kept coming up over and over and over late last year was not a surprise. Well, it happened here in March, but the Bank of China has alleged to have completed the development of the currency's basic functions and to have already moved on drafting laws for its implementation. Now, this is here in 2020. Now, I'll put some screenshots of the pilot version of the wallet app for China's forthcoming digital yuan that's kind of been circulating on social media. So you kind of get a look at what it looks like. But according to Ling Zhang, uh, the app is available for download in four cities selected for the initial trial. Shenzhen, Chengdu, Suzhou, and Shangon. She highlights that the inclusion of Shangon, a new metropolis located on the outskirts of Beijing, which has been the site of a dubbed, so-called dubbed smart city brain project. These are their words. Now, the Xeon Gan new area will have enhanced intelligent infrastructure that spans satellite information services, sensor recognitions, a 5G network, supercomputing, and big data facilities, right? The city has already attracted the country's tech giants like Tencent, Alibaba, JD.com, and Baidu. Now, President Xi, visiting on more than one occasion, has said that the People's Bank digital currency is likely to be tested in these four regions that these locations were likely chosen because they are considered tier one and tier two cities and are home to tech talent, especially Shenzhen, deemed the Silicon Valley of China. Now, here in April of 2020, because this is how much it's it's gotten like just ramped up here in like the last three to four weeks. Like this is why it's so important to be talking about this. Here in April of 2020, China appears to have been accelerating the development of digital yuan. Now, this is according to a BIS bulletin, and the, the, the BIS bulletins are written by staff members of the Bank of International Settlements, and from time to time, economists and other publishers buy banks, right? And I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but they specifically said that notwithstanding the COVID-19 crisis was the acceleration that put this into high gear for China and its digital yuan. Now, 
They're hoping to work with private industry to accelerate the rollout of its central bank digital currency. According to several international reports, several Chinese tech giants, including Alibaba, Tencent, and, and Huawei, as well as China merchant banks, have been working with the People's Bank of China to issue the official digital yuan. So it kind of coincides with what they were saying in March, right, last month, that it was going to be in these four major cities, right? So if we keep going further, we can see that insiders are saying that uh, Ali, Alipay, the financial arm of Chinese e-commerce and cloud computing giant Alibaba, has filed five patents from January through March of 2020 that are linked to the development of China's digital yuan. Most transactions in China are already conducted digitally using WeChat Pay or Alipay. So that tells you right there again that, hey, not only have they already started doing these kind of like testing pilots in these four major cities, but they're already, you know, releasing patents here on and then two of the biggest uh, you know, conglomerates over there in China. Right. Especially when it comes to e-commerce. Now, insiders also say that the central bank is now drafting legislation for the rollout following several patents covering a spat of technology advances, including issuance, anonymous trading support, anti-money laundering laws, transaction history, and digital wallets that will be used to store the currency. Now, the People's Bank of China has not yet issued an exact launch date for its digital yuan, at least not yet. Now, here in May, and now this is where it keeps even speeding up even faster because we're not even in May yet, but people are already kind of sharing info that they're getting ahead of time. Well, according to an official letter, Obtained by the Reporter of Science and Technology Board Daily, Shuzhou Jingsheng District will be an important pilot area for the digital yuan. They are cooperating with the central bank and the four state-owned banks of China construction industry and agriculture to promote the pilot work of its digital currency. Now, the official letter requires that the enterprises and institutions and various management committees in each district of Shangsheng District sign a digital currency distribution agreement with the with the wage distribution bank and they also need to install a digital wallet for all staff and include transportation subsidies in the monthly salary now the signing of this issuance issuance agreement and the installation of digital wallets will need to be complete by the end of may now this is where it gets really interesting because they are going to start issuing this digital yawn in june now, 50% will be issued through this digital yuan, but the dates for these tests or the actual launch have not yet been confirmed by the People's Bank of China. This is just what industry people are saying and people that have seen this leather, right? So there's a chance that it might occur during the Winter Olympics of 2022, but you know nothing's confirmed as of yet, right? But there are people already starting to utilize this here this year in the next couple of months. So it's going to be interesting to see how this how this plays a, a you know impact on the mainstream markets. Now let's get into the why. I think at this point the why is pretty self-explanatory right i think it's very easy to see that china could see the u.s dollar status as a dominant global currency 
a threat, right? And they always consider it an exorbitant privilege for Americans to have that. Um, that's not a secret, right? That's just uh, the way they view it, right? Um, so this is, uh, you know, it's it can get it, it can get a little political, right? Um, but you know, they have been working on this since 2013, and I think at this point, um, amid the coronavirus pandemic and this whole economic slowdown, um, you know, it's very possible that uh, they will try to take grab of that global currency status, right? And, and this is the why behind it. Um, I also think that uh, the Federal Reserve and, and the amount of money they printed here um, in the past month or so, um, I think the world is watching, right? And uh, People's Bank of China is probably, um, you know, kind of wondering, like, you know, that's a that's a large amount of uh, cash is just coming out of nowhere. And um, I'm sure, you know, it's helping everybody, helping the whole global uh, economy stay afloat. But um, I think people are ready for uh, some kind of change, right? And so in July of 2019, Wang Xin, the, the then director of the People's Bank of China Research Bureau, said that with the development of the Libra cryptocurrency project, the People's Bank of China should accelerate the growth of its own digital currency. Now, this was last year when he said that. But he said that if Libra is widely used for payments, cross-border payments in particular, would it be able to function like money and accordingly have a large influence on monetary policy, financial stability, and the international monetary system? But he also alluded to something else, and this is why uh, you know, I really think has a lot to more has a lot more to do with the global reserve status of the US dollar than anything else. He also let known at that time that if the digital currency is closely associated, meaning Libra, with the United States dollar, it could create a scenario under which sovereign currencies would coexist with U.S. dollar-centric digital currencies. And uh, he also said that uh, that would be, in essence, one boss, and that boss would be the U.S. dollar and the United States. And so it would bring a series of economic, financial, and even international political consequences. This is what he says in regards to Libra getting in the game. And according to Chinese authorities, uh, you know, they need to strengthen the national currency. This is where they're headed. Uh, and this is the why. Uh, it's a little bit of Libra, but it has a lot more to do with the, the world um, reserve currency status, right? And now we're going to get into my favorite part, which is the inflection point for Bitcoin and what this means for Bitcoin. Let's do it. section the inflection point for bitcoin because that's what it is it's a curve and it's changing in the direction of the curvature in which it occurred before so what does that mean well that means that once they enact this digital currency 
this digital yawn, it's game over for uh, paper fiat. Like it's game over for that. The days are done, right? And so China has for years been ahead in, in national and in their local government's payments, right? They have been using QR codes and digital payments of some sort for, for, for a very long time already, right? Even before that, their, their phones were ahead of, their, ahead of everybody's time here in the States. I remember in early 2000s, they had some really cool phones before the, even the iPhone had come out, right? So they have always been ahead in, in that type of technology and in mobile and in digital payments and the like. But Bitcoin... On the other hand, is made its uh, its life in this digital space, right? It's it's the people's currency. It's a, it has a global um, railway station, right? You can make global payments around the world just using Bitcoin and, and a Bitcoin wallet, right? So there there is no way in hell <laughs> that uh, they can compete with Bitcoin. Now, I'll tell you one thing, though. This is good. Having a digital yawn is good for Bitcoin. And the reason being is it forces other countries and it forces the United States to not only adopt digital currencies, but embrace them. And where they're playing right now, they're playing in the backyard of Bitcoin. And this is Bitcoin's stomping ground. And I, I think I said this in the last uh, digital currency podcast on the digital dollar and, and Bitcoin. And, and this is this is the same thing. There is only one true decentralized cryptocurrency, and that's Bitcoin. Now, as people start understanding how real money works, because that will happen, slowly but surely it will happen. We're already starting to see it. <laughs> You're starting to see the memes already now, right? Um, so once the digital yawn comes out, once it gets fully embraced by China, once people around the world start seeing how uh, a global digital currency system could work, right? It's it's no it's no secret, right? There's there's no secret behind what China is doing, right? I mean, they have uh, started this whole digital currency project because uh, this gives them the opportunity to have a wider perspective. And this digital yawn can be used as a weapon in, in an economic war. And make no mistake about that, right? This is why they're so scared of Bitcoin, <laughs> because it says we don't want your economic war. We want to exist on our own. But the digital yawn can be that for them, right? And this is all. This all in turns will give China the power of total total surveillance and control over the economic activity of potentially half the world's population. That's if they attempt to go across the belt and road, right? And uh, China will be able to track everyone's spending and transactions, right? Especially with people who participate in that. And uh, I, I know Americans, <laughs> at least how I feel, don't want any part of that. Um, I don't know how Europe or how uh, even Africa or India or some of these other countries would feel that way about China watching them. But uh, I know most people will opt out of that, right? Uh, I think people, vast majority in China, there's some people that would opt out of that, out, opt out of that there too as well, uh, I would imagine. So this is all good for Bitcoin because it, it, it shows why it's even needed even more, right? And we're moving to this digital world. 
And it's one of the main reasons why you're starting to see like gold become, you know, you know, scarce and uh, sought after again because people are seeing that fiat currencies are getting printed. But one of the things and one of the things that I I think most people realize with gold is it's hard to transfer. It's hard to conceal. It's hard for for somebody, you know, that doesn't have a five dollar hammer to break in your house and steal your gold. Right. So Bitcoin is different than that. Bitcoin gives you the opportunity to store your wealth, you know, on the blockchain and potentially you could just have a mine wallet. Right. Or even if you didn't have a mine wallet, you could. You, you could segregate out those different, um, you know, uh, private keys amongst different areas of the world, however you wanted to do it. But potentially you could be walking around with millions of dollars just in your head. <laughs> and at the spot of, a, you know, a, a, of, of anything, of just having a mobile phone in front of you, you'll be able to access that, that money and send it and make payments with it. That's the power of Bitcoin. And that's the power that most people don't realize that is at stake here. So... Make no mistake, China, the United States, and every country in this in this planet are extremely afraid of what Bitcoin can do. It not only, you know, gives us the regular population the opportunity to choose, you know, how we want to spend our money, but it also gives us the opportunity to say where we want to spend our money. Do we want to pay for something that's in this country, or do we want to pay for something that's in their country? You know, this makes a borderless world happen. This makes a global economy you know, uh, become real. And so this is bullish for Bitcoin. Make no mistake about that. Now, with the virus that has spread amongst citizens and the whole lockdown and the paper notes that have been printed out, you know, by the Federal Reserve, and um, you have people in China, you know, that are being quarantined as well, too, and and people here in the United States and all over the world, and, and people are starting to realize, like, paper is going away. Right. And like this is becoming a reality. Actual credit cards that you swipe uh, and, and those, those card issuing banks are probably, you know, going to, you know, probably going to fade away with time, you know, just like anything else. But the plastic, the actual plastic is probably going away. Right. And as the United States get on, gets on this whole digital currency, you know, railway that's happening here in the short term, you're going to start seeing a new era of economic experimentation, right? There's going to be more squares, more Robin Hoods, more Coinbases that get spun up out of this. I think Fold just announced that they're going to be doing their own digital card, right? That you'll be able to pay with uh, with Bitcoin with, right? And so as, as this new future gets built out here in the United States, for at least, you'll start seeing more of these fintech companies come out with their own digital cards, right? And some of them will give you back money in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, I think, here in the short term, will become the store value, will become the next generation's or the current generation's savings account for their financial future. Um, Make no mistake, people are waking up to the fact that fiat and regular cash and these plastic cards are going away. And they're they're afraid that the money that they store, you know, the vast majority of their wealth in into banks, aren't aren't going to be able to uh, retain that value. So, this not only moves more money into Bitcoin because it's a store of value and it becomes a a, a savings account for some people, but uh, this also shows that um, Bitcoin can be this payment system if it wants to be, right? And ultimately, the digital yuan, it will will 
be backed by its same, you know, circulating supply of its paper yarn, right? It won't have to actually print out the money now. It'll just be digital yarn, right? Um, so it's not going to inflate as you would say, you know, something that's physical. But the scarcity of it all and the uh, circulating banknotes or in the digital form um, will somewhat affect China in some way. So I think long term, if you look here in the next 20 to 30 years, digital yawn will likely not be used at that point. I think I think even if we do get to a point to where everybody's on a digital dollar or a digital yawn or whatever, right? Digital ruby, whatever, right? I think I think at, at that point people will realize the true scarcity of something like Bitcoin, right? Or or something like uh, like gold. And uh, this will be where people will store their wealth. Uh, I think the days of just printing money um, are long gone. And I think we're expected to see that turn here happen here, in, in, at least in our lifetime, right? So I know me personally, I'm looking forward to this digital yacht. I'm not afraid of it. Uh, I think the only people that should be afraid of it are, are the Federal Reserve because they're basically saying, hey, <laughs> when are you going to catch up? Uh, we're coming for your lunch. And um, it, it's, 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 I think I tweeted it out uh, earlier today. I think when we look back here, let me make sure I get the right quote that I said. I think, I think when we look back, you know, probably, you know, 80 years from now, when we look at the history books, you know, one of the biggest mistakes America will have made is letting China beat them by creating the digital yawn. And, um, and this is all during one of the worst pandemics in history, right? And they'll need to change course very soon. And if they don't, they look, they are, they're looking like they're going to lose reserve currency status on a, on a global, on the, whole, on the whole globe, right? And I, I hate to see what, you know, what, uh, what sour grapes looks like for when America loses that reserve status. I hate to see what we would become, right? Because you don't know, right, with the powers that be, what, uh, what that would make them do. So um, I think we're headed towards an interesting time, <laughs> to, to, for lack of a better word. And I definitely think that uh, digital yawn is actually good for Bitcoin in the long run and in the short term. And I think, at least for me, for example, I'm storing the vast majority of my wealth at this point in Bitcoin. And that's not a secret. I think uh, I've come to that conclusion here in the last, you know, three, four weeks, honestly. Um, I'll have to create a podcast of some of some sort later on down the line to kind of give you my numbers. But like it's um, it's starting to look like to me, at least like I'm not even I'm not even sure if I want to participate with 401ks next year when it's time to to sign up at the end of the year this year. Uh, we always have to sign up at work and I'm just like, yeah, leave it the same you know, whatever, let's see what happens. And I think this year I'm probably going to be like, I'll, I'll opt out <laughs> or maybe just turn into an IRA or something. Um, so I, th I think, I think people, at least uh, people are waking up to the fact that, you know, a lot of this stuff is, it's just manipulated, um, you know, and it's just not a place where you want to store the, your, your wealth, your future wealth. Right. Um, so, and I think with Bitcoin, at least that's something that I can, you know, actively, participate in. I can actually watch and see how it's occurring. And un unless it gets completely banned and uh, wiped off the face of the planet, 
or or, or gets fifty one percent attacked, um, I think I'm, I'm pretty good with what Bitcoin will become. So I mean, there's not too many there's not too many scenarios where Bitcoin really you know exits out. I'd be very shocked. Um, so I think at this point, digital yawn is definitely going to be here to stay here in the short term. But I think in the long term, things decentralization and separating money from state is going to be looked at like, yeah, you should have always done that. Uh, when, we, when, we, when people look back at our history books, they'll be like, uh, yeah, just like the way you separated church and state, you know, uh, in the olden times. Uh, I think people are going to look back now and say, why didn't you separate money and state? And that's going to be something that a lot of us are going to be like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but until you actually do it, you, you don't know. And I think in the future, people will be looking at us like, why didn't they do that? Um, hopefully we'll get to see it in our lifetime. I think Bitcoin gives us that opportunity to, to separate money and state. Okay. I think that's all I got here for uh, Digital Yawn with the Bitcoin analysis. Um, but I wanted to kind of give you this kind of information so that way it's all jam-packed there for you in this little quick podcast. And this way you know exactly what's going on. I think at this point here, we could see it in the next month or so. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what those on and off ramps look into Bitcoin. And I'm going to I'm going to be really watching to see if like Coinbase or if Binance or if some of these other big exchanges decide to to list it, you know, um, or even if they're allowed to. We'll see. OK. You know how I'm always talking about there's different things happening on the charts and then you have these real world aspects all playing in concert together. That's what's going on right now. An inflection point for Bitcoin will probably coincide with the release of the digital yawn later this summer. And the reason I say that is because what we're seeing right now with this COVID-19 and this worldwide pandemic is disruption. The financial sector and the financial markets of the world are going through a battle right now. And it's not a battle with who's going to have it all, or it's not a battle of who's going to have nothing to show for. It's a battle within itself. It's a battle that's trying to revolt against what's new, what's the future, and what becomes digital and a global economy on a grand scale. And Bitcoin is at the head of this, and it starts with this inflection point. See you next time.